0: Hey, what's up? My name is Dusty Otis. I am the lead pastor here at The Grove in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thank you so much for taking part of your day to be a part of this church, to engage in this message, for supporting our ministry. It means more than you know. None of what we get to do happens without you. I pray that today's message speaks to your heart. I hope that it helps you move forward in your relationship with God, and I hope that you become just a little bit better in following Jesus because you took the time to listen today. Enjoy the message inconvenienced inconvenienced. Inconvenience. And so this is really the difference. We're talking about the difference in moments, right? And so for me, inconvenience, um, I can tell you one of the things that happens to me more, more times than not is when I go to like Safeway or King Supers or Kroger's and I see an open parking spot and I drive a truck. So it's, I'm looking for a nice big opening, right? And I see a parking spot and I'm going to go pull in that parking spot, but then some really awesome person has left a shopping cart in it and I'm like like it was and then it wasn't just like that right you guys ever experienced that and just bless those people right I used to joke around a lot in Tulsa and say there's two types of people in the world those who put their carts back and those who don't Right, And so then anyways, yeah, that'll preach, right? And so anyways, uh, think about the times you've been inconvenienced. And really when we, when we feel that, when we experience that, and I know the shopping cart's really not that big of a deal, but it's an example to say, when you find yourself in those times and places, it's really a matter of personal preference. It's what you prefer. And what you prefer is not happening. And so then you feel inconvenienced. And so Galatians 6, 8 says this, the one who sows to his flesh... His sinful capacity, this is the amplified version, his sinful capacity, his worldliness, his disgraceful impulses will reap the flesh, ruin, and destruction. That's what he's going to find. For what you sow is what you're going to get, right? But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So what I'm saying is it's hard to please yourself and to please God. You can dig into your desires and your dreams and what comes just so easy and comfortable and convenient for you, and that's great, but oftentimes that's not the will of God for your life. He wants good and he wants you to have abundance. He wants you to have more than you can comprehend. He wants all those things for you. And when that aligns with your will, man, you, you experience grace, right? We call it heaven on earth. Everybody say amen. amen? And so then when you come to Christ, you're given a new nature. When you believe in Jesus, it's there's there you've been renewed. It's Colossians 3:10. And so then Knowing that we often go and wrestle between what we want and what God wants, we know that Matthew 6 teaches us to pray, Lord, your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. And that's often hard for us to do because we say, Lord, your, your will be done in my life as it is in heaven, as long as it, or would you please, right? Or could you, Lord, your will, as long as you give me X, Y, and Z, that's your will, right? And so then, where does your salvation come in the moments of inconvenience? When you come to that, that crossroads and you have to make a decision, where does the decision to follow Jesus lie in that moment? And the, the answer is it, it really depends on the depth of your relationship with him. It depends on the maturity of your faith. Am I going to trust something that I can't see? Or am I just going to trust myself? That's a wrestling match for me. I'm, as the pastor, I'm just going to tell you. It's real easy for me to get, put it in overdrive and just get it done because I can, or I can say, okay, Lord, maybe this, maybe my timing, maybe the timing of this is off. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm on the gas a little bit too much. I need to shift. I need to downshift as opposed to shift into overdrive. Right. And you really have to understand or dig in and ask, am I, am I rooted? Am I really rooted or am I just in routine? Am I really rooted do I really believe? Is my faith really there? Or is, just, is this just routine? Because being saved happens in a moment. It's just as simple as Dennis coming and flipping that light switch. That's how fast salvation can happen for every person in this room. Boop. But being saved is a process. Being saved is a process. It's a journey. We're being conformed in his image. So that means it happens. It's a daily, it's a daily decision. And that happens daily through your relationship with him. So then it's not a ritual, it's not a routine, and it's not religion. It's none of those things. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says we're all being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another degree. From one to another, which comes from the Lord, right? So then, you're saved in a moment, but the process is learning to listen, it's learning to hear His voice, The way I really wanted to start and and could be God telling me was Psalms 139 is something I I say, read every day. It says, search me, search me, God, know my heart, test me and know my concerns. Lord, I want to hear your voice today. I want to know your will for my life today. I want to be who you call me to be today. This is the tough part. Lord, help me to love myself how you love me today. Help me to see myself how you see me today. Help me to be who you called me to be today. Because there's somebody else who wants you to be the scum of the earth. There's somebody else who wants you to be a failure. There's somebody else who wants you to be miserable. But I choose to be and to stand and to believe what God says about me and who God says I am. This comes from the Lord. And so then, it's the difference between choosing to follow Him, right? Or follow me. Am I gonna choose me or am I gonna choose Him? Am I gonna choose my friends? Am I gonna choose Him? Colossians three ten is a scripture I reference. It says, you've put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. This, is, this actually crosses over to Genesis when God said that he made man in his image. So everybody here, regardless of race, ethnic, background, color, you're all, you all look like Jesus. Everybody here looks like Jesus. You're made in his image. And so then, understand that you, under, you, you understand there is a voice, there is, there is that of God, right? And we understand that in the moment, right? That, that that time that the light switch clicked or whatever, that moment we understood it, we understood it clearly. And if you have a memory and, and you've made that decision, great. And if, if you haven't made that decision, it's all good. It's all good. Who you follow is who you become. That's the bottom line. And so we call this term in Christianity, as believers, we call it discipleship. And it's really a big church here where it just means following Jesus, following the example. And I'm going to show you that here in a second. So then if you want to get out of the rut that you're in, if you want to get out of the rut that you're in, you have to find the right people. Who are you following? Who are you following? Jesus is our ultimate example, right? But if you don't stop following and hanging out with the people that you're hanging out with, what happens? They're just going to drag you through what they drag you through. And you're going to be what you surround yourself with. If you've ever seen Happy Gilmore, Heather checked me on referencing this. It's not a church movie. Happy Gilmore, in the very beginning of the movie, his girlfriend breaks up with him, and she says, Happy, you're going nowhere, and you're taking me with you. For some of us, that's what we need to tell some of the people in our lives. Hey, you're going nowhere, okay, and every time I hang out with you, I end up doing dumb stuff and making dumb decisions, and so I'm sorry, man. I can't hang out with you anymore. I can't hang out with you anymore. Why is this such a battle? It's a battle because your flesh, your physical nature, and your spirit are at battle constantly. Constantly, back and forth. They're in competition for your attention. And it's so easy to go and just go, well, you know what? I can do that tomorrow. Or, yeah, man, we can do that. As opposed to go, you know what, Lord? Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my concerns. Like, you know know the most deepest inner part of me. You know who I am. Help me to see that help me to see that because here's the reality in 2022 we like to go real fast but growth with Christ growth in your relationship is measured on a calendar not a clock and we want to think oh well, wait a second 2 months ago you know growth is measured on a calendar not a clock not a clock and so we can't take that moment and make build our life on this moment we build our life on a relationship it's a journey right Otherwise, we just get on this circle we call it the routine, right? Life is a journey growing in your relationship with God. is measured on a counter. That means, that means you start somewhere and you go, and my path looks very different than your path and your path and your path and everybody's path because it's a journey. Or we can all hop on the same racetrack and run the same circles and wear the same path and exhaust ourselves doing without belief. And at some point, every one of us is going to go, let me off at the next let that, where the gate is, where we started, let me off there. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of running this route. I'm tired of this routine. This sucks. Uh, excuse me. Uh, can I, I, I need out. It's, I, I've, had en- I've had enough. I've essentially had enough. And that leads a lot of people to walk away from the church because we just come in and we run this routine. Okay. We run this route. And we're not talking about being followers, disciples. Right. Because the difference is this. This It's the difference between relationship and routine. Relationship is that journey. Routine is the track. It's the difference between going on mission and doing because we think that doing pleases God or it pleases people or it makes mom happy because she asked me to come to church today, right? The voice you listen to is the one that leads you. The voice that you listen to is the one that leads you. Now listen, when you come to church, you can come and you can run the route. Here's, Here's... My conviction, my conviction in church today, the big C church is this. We bring people in and we say, hey, I want you to do A, B, C, and D. And if you do A, B, C, and D, it will change your life. Just run this route right here. Just run this track. And the problem is people come in, they go, really? If I do these four things, if I do these two things, if I do, who cares? If I do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you do those. And you do those without that Psalms 139. Your heart's not in it. And so when you get done with A, B, C, and D, you get done, you're like, I thought this was going to change my life. Didn't change my life. Why? Because we attach ourselves to a do, and we thought, isn't that what we all want? Hey, just tell me what to do. I don't have the time to listen to your stories or to read your books. I don't have any of that. (laughs) Just tell me what to do, and I'll do that. Our heart's disconnected from it. It's the same thing. We come and we go through this routine. We think, and then what happens, we get done, and there's no change. There's no change. It's because our heart was disconnected. And so then the voice that you listen to is the one that leads you. You know this. You had parents, right? So step away from, from, from following Jesus for just a second. Parents, right? And parents had influence until what? Until we had coaches. All the time our friends are there just kind of milling around, building relationships, right? And then all of a sudden we get done, and now our friends have the most influence on us. And then you go off to college or trade school or wherever you go, you move away and you lose touch with most of those friends and you have one or two, and then it becomes you and you become the one that you listen to. And if you would say, well, I don't know. So then at that moment, that's really the moment that most people come back to church or find their way back to a relationship with God because they realize, wait a second, all that stuff I did as a kid, I was just wasting time. I wasn't really engaged or involved, and I really don't know how to hear the voice of God. And here's the good news. Neither do I. <laughs> he wrote it down, though. Because he knew you would. He knew I would. And I can tell you, yeah, I can tell you, I can tell you times on a calendar that I wrote down. That I can say, man, God, God did this today. God said this today. I saw this today. I can show you those moments. But it's it's not his ways are higher than our ways, and so then it's not about God speak to me my way. No, no, Lord, I'm available. Speak to me how you wish. And so if you would say that you can't hear it or you don't remember, it, He wrote it down. He wrote it down. And the inconvenience that I'm talking about today is really the inconvenience of denying your self nature, right? To follow the voice of God. Isn't that the ultimate inconvenience? When we moved to Michigan, we sold everything we owned. I thought I was like doing something really cool for God. And then when I got there, I realized that we didn't do anything. We just gave up our material goods and some money. But the reality was, is is when I, when we got there, we realized, wait a second, this isn't normal. And it was really hard for me because my path changed. And so I didn't know where I was going. I didn't, it was an inconvenient place to live, by the way. And so like, um, to do little things, we didn't have a path. I was like, well, this stinks. (laughs) And it wasn't that it stunk. It just wasn't normal. It wasn't what I preferred. It just wasn't what I preferred. And that's really what life comes down to. Everybody in this room surrounds themselves with what they prefer. Your life is built on what you like. It's what you like. And so then, when you think about that, the next thing that I noticed was okay, wait a second, this is not what I prefer. Next thing, this pace, the pace of life is not the pace I'm used to. And the expectation is not the expectation I'm used to. We all have those things. They're kind of, they're maybe unwritten. We don't know them, but they're natural. You know right now, if I say, hey, let's go get lunch, everybody in here has a place they want to go get lunch. We didn't have that. It was like, crud, what do I do, right? And so as believers, what voice are we looking for? I'm going to show you this in Matthew chapter 4. This is Jesus entering his first time, uh, or uh, entering full-time ministry for the first time. He entered it alone. He entered it alone. And the first thing he did was build a team. And so we've talked a lot about the first church the last few weeks. We're talking about the first disciples today. Now, when he built this team, the team is called, depending on what version of the Bible you, you read, apostles, prophets, disciples. And those who follow him are these things, depending on the gifts that God's given you, right? And so it's the same thing we're doing here. We're building a team of people who are going to help others follow Jesus. Does that make sense? So Jesus had two types of followers. There were the twelve if you know who the 12, are, raise your hand. That's good. You don't have to know them by name, but you just know there were 12. If you know there were 12, okay? I might struggle to say the 12 names today. And so these men were called to represent Jesus, okay? Now, just because they were called and just because he said, hey, come follow me, doesn't mean it was that easy. They still had to make the decision. They still had to make the effort. The second type of follower were disciples. Thousands of disciples who essentially saw how Jesus lived. They saw his example. They saw the way he carried himself, and they said, I'm going to live like that. That's the way we're supposed to live. And so then, today there are millions of disciples. There's no third type of follower, okay? There's no third type. We're all we're all called to be disciples. And so then... Matthew 4.18 says this. I'm going to jump into this. As Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he noticed two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Leave your nets, follow me as, this is the Amplified Version, as my disciples, accepting me and letting me be your guide, walking the same path of life that I walk. It's the journey we mentioned earlier. And I will make you fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men. That's kind of what we're anchored to today. Okay? Verse 20 says, Immediately they left their nets and followed him, becoming his disciples, believing and trusting in him, and following his example. And then verse 21 and 22 are a repeat of what I just told you. He sees two other guys. He says, hey, cut that. Let's go. And they do. Now, these men had never seen Jesus before. They've never met him before. This is who he was. When he came, you knew, whoa, I can follow that guy. Right? And so the first thing he says to them is what? Hey, stop! That's, you're wasting your time there. Come with me. And they're like, okay. Right? Now he didn't say, hey, get your life together. Okay? And when you do, check back with me. He said, you're good enough to come right now. Let's go. It's you and me. Let's go. We got to go. And so they did what? Immediately they followed. Everybody say immediately. Immediately. This is the hard part. Because to follow means what? You're going to leave something. You're going to leave something to follow one thing means you're going to stop following something else right and so the truth is not everybody is ready to follow because we're stuck to what we like what we like to call convenient or what's easy or what's in our circle what's in our bubble of normal of what we like or what we prefer everybody say prefer, prefer. All right, verse 20 says they followed immediately. They immediately left their nets. Now, they they left what they were used to, what was normal, what brought them money, what brought them everything. They left it. Why? Obedience. Simple obedience. Now, here's the thing that kind of, that we struggle with is this. They immediately responded. When God called you, how many verses, what I want to know is, how many verses were there between? He says, hey, stop doing that and follow me. The next verse is they immediately, there was no, Excuse, there was no nothing. It was, stop and go. Now, how many excuses, how many verses are in between Are hey, put that down and follow me. How many excuses do we have between this before we got to, okay, I'll follow now. Right? It's a lot. These guys are just like, okay, you guys, this guy's the real deal. And so then, I think the thing that we have to realize is this. One, we're good enough to go right now. Yeah, you're good enough to go right now. So it's not like, oh, you know, just give me, a, give me a couple minutes, you know, people. Now listen, if in your personal life you've not been the example that Jesus is, it's going to be a struggle for people to follow you, right? So that's like the assumed today, okay? But what you need to understand is you are the only answer for people who are close to you. You're the only church that a lot of people get, especially those close to you. I'm the only church my family gets. Okay? So then every time I come around, what do they want me to do? They want me to pray. Hey Dusty, pray for the meal. Hey Dusty, can you do this? Dusty, he's he's religious. I'm not. Okay, I just have a relationship with God, but that's that's the perspective. And so then you're the only one, you're the only one. You're the only one that's gonna bring life. You're the one who God wants to use to build a bridge from your heart to theirs. Jesus wants to walk right across to it. He wants to make his home in their heart just like he has in yours. And so then we have to be that answer. That's what we're called to do. We're called to go. You're good enough. And so God didn't say this. Here's where we make the transition. God didn't say, hey, follow me and go sit in a room. He said, follow me so we can find more people. If we're going to find more people, we need to build our team. And our idea of church today kind of stinks, if I'm just being honest as the guy up here with the lights in my face. We're going to dress up. I'm going to put my nice flannel. It's getting nice so I cut my sleeves off. Right? Right? I'm gonna put my nice shirt on. I'm gonna go sit in this chair. I'm gonna sing some songs. I'm gonna listen to this message, and I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna feel good because I went to church. But that's not what Jesus said when He said, "Follow me." That's not what He meant. And so, then, how does this apply to us for doing for one? That line where He says, "I'll teach you to fish for men, fish for men." How does this apply to do for one? The series, what we're talking about today. Here's how it applies. Fishing for men means fishing for mankind. It means doing, for one, what you wish you could do for everyone. But fish for men, that sounds kind of fishy, right? So here's the deal. 32,000 different species of fish in the water. That's a lot. There are more species of fish than there are mammals, reptiles, birds. You could add everything up. So when he's saying fish for men, he's saying fish for everybody. Everybody. And so then... Fish are the most diverse group. There are so many different types. They have a different type of habitat. For every every habitat, there's a type of fish, right? There are lakes, streams, oceans. There are shallow. There are deep. There's the shore. There's out far, right? There's salt water, fresh water, cold water, warm water. Name it. There's a different type of fish for every single one of those. And so when you hear fish, and when you hear fish for in, it means 32,000 Different types, it doesn't mean one person, it doesn't mean go catch trout. Does that make sense? And so then once you know you're gonna go fish, what do you decide? I decide where I'm gonna fish, okay? And then I decide the type of fish I'm gonna catch. These could be out of order, okay? And then I decide when I'm gonna go fishing because they bite at different times. And then I decide the strategy. What what's my bait? Pull, reel, test, all those things. If you don't fish, I barely know how to fish, okay? So So when he said, I will make you fishers of men, this is what he was talking about. But we we know how to fish for fish, and so we're cool with that. But to be fishers of men, we should fish for every different type of person, like we fish for every different type of fish. Everybody say fish. 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 And so then because we know what it means to fish for fish, we should understand the concept of fishing for people. So then... To be fishers of men means this. It's not a one-size-fits-all. I can't go out to, to downtown Fort Collins on Tuesday night from 6 to 8 and expect to see the same type of person from 6 to 8 downtown that I would see on a Saturday morning from 9 to noon. If you go fishing from 6 to 8, you're going to catch 6 to 8 fish. Right? Not, not number of people, that hour, that period of people. Right? How many times do we go fishing after midnight? We don't, because we're freaked out, right? I know, it's amazing. (laughs) It's amazing. Do you understand what I'm saying? There are different times and and different seasons in different ways. It's not, hey, do what's comfortable, do what's easy. To catch a certain type of fish, you got to go to a certain type of time. You have to. So you can use a certain type of bait, so you can cast a certain depth, Right? And use a certain pole, the appropriate pole, so you can catch the appropriate fish. You have to do that. Now, here's, how, here's sadly how it works today when we fish for people. We fish and we think, let's gather in this fish bowl. Okay? Let's gather in this bowl. And what we'll do is we'll talk to the people in the room. And, and because they're already here, we'll do that. And that's really convenient for us. Right? And sadly, this is not fishing. This is not how I like to fish for people. I like to fish for people outside those windows. It's the best when we're not tearing walls out, okay? I'm eventually going to get back out there, okay? All the different time frames are important for you to know. Now, here's the thing. You know people in your time frame. You know people in your routine. You know people in your window. You know people on your track. You know people in your circle, And you're the only Jesus for those people. You have to look at the different categories of people and look to reach them where they're comfortable, which means what? We have to get uncomfortable, right? We have to get uncomfortable. If we don't have a strategy for catching all different kinds of fish, what type of fish is going to be in this room? One type of fish. We're just going to get one fish. And it's good to have one fish, but you don't put very many of one fish in a tank. What makes fish tanks awesome? All different fishes, right? Fish is fishes correct? <laughs> fish. Knowing where they are, okay? That some live in the light and some live in the dark. There are some fish that, that live in complete darkness. They're so deep. They're at the bottom of the ocean. Knowing where they live You need to understand that there is somebody in this room that represents every different area of this town. The light, the dark, the early, the late, the lunch, the dinner. There's somebody in this room that represents every one of those people. Matter of fact, many of us have came from dark places. Came from dark places. And the reality is, is you've been brought into the light, so you can go back and be that light. That's the truth. Why? Because you know those people. You know how they lie, you know how they front, you know what they need, you know where they are, and God wants to use you to do it. And that's not a do, by the way, it's who you are. Man, when I see there's a guy that's been helping out in here quite a, quite a lot, and because he's helped, we've had a plumber come and help. And because he helped, an electrician came and helped. You know what both these men said? There's been such a change in Ross's life There's such a change in him. He used to be the worst, most angry, hateful, addicted, like name all these names. And Jesus, and listen, they don't go to church. And Jesus, they're saying this to me. And Jesus changed his life. Dang right he did. That's what he does. So much so they're like, man, you're doing this for a church? Yeah, we'll we'll go check that out. Easter, all those people will be here. Not telling them to come beforehand. We got a mess going on out there, right? I'm just kidding. I've told them they can come any weekend they want. So then, God didn't rescue from darkness or from lunch or from light. Okay, to sit in a building and judge people who aren't here yet, right? He saved you so they would have somebody to go to. He needs a go-between because you know where they are and what they need. Now listen, this works the same for those who are in the light. Those who live in light just tend to be addicted to different things like material, money, all those things. But you've been delivered from that too. And because you have, God wants to use you to make a difference in one of those persons' lives. And so then, if today, if everybody, I'm going to talk about one fish for just a second. If if everybody showed up today dressed like this man right here, like Tori. Then the one person who came in, who did, if we all had suits and ties on, okay? If everybody in here had a suit and a tie on, when somebody came in without a suit and tie, how would they feel? Out of, place. Out of place. I don't belong. Here's what blesses me, man. We have hoodies. We have ties. We have cardigans. We have t-shirts. We have boots. We have tennis shoes. There are so many different types of fish in here. This is... This is the kingdom of God. You're gonna, when you go to heaven, you're going to see the mix and the blend of people that you see in this room. But if we all looked the same and talked the same and did the same, we were robots, we'd be a waste. We wouldn't be fulfilling the kingdom, we wouldn't be fulfilling the call, the commission. Does that make sense? And so it's important to catch every species. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit more about fishing. Is that okay? The hook does not catch the fish, the bait catches the fish. What does the hook catch? Dumb perch, okay? If you've ever done that, okay? We used to take and sit off the, do- off the end of a dock and drop our hook in the line and we would catch these perch. Now, here's the problem. They weren't big enough to be bait fish and they weren't big enough to eat. They're just in between, so you have to take them off and throw them back. And typically, if you're just trying to help kids catch fish, that's what you would do. But the hook does not catch the fish. The bait does. The bait is your example. It's you. It's you. And sometimes you got to get your hands a little dirty, right? Because the realer the bait, the harder the bite. The faker the bait, the fewer you catch. Plastic worm, fish, aren't, fish are dumb, but they ain't that dumb, right? But when I put the real worm on and i got to wipe that stuff off my pants, I'm catching a fish. The realer the bait, the realer your example, the realer your life, This is why we talk about honesty, honor, and hospitality. If these three exist, these three exist, and they're rooted in the Bible, you're going to find people. You're going to catch people. The hook is the word of God. You're going to put this bait. It's me, my example. The hook is the word of God. It never changes. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus has called us to be fishers of men but we have to have a strategy. The strategy is really the title of this series. Do for one. Who do you know that's close to you but far from God? Do for one person what you wish you could do for everyone. Right? How do I do that? Ask yourself. There are cards. If you look at that back window, there are green cards. If you have not wrote down people to pray for, to invest in, and to invite, do that. That's your first step. Because right now, we can all think of, I think I told you this before. I sat down with my brother in mind and I ended up writing down 70 plus names because he had kids and married and in-laws and all that stuff. When you sit down, and you actually write down the names of people who mean something to you. It'll change your life because then you start praying for them. You start giving a little time. okay, and then you take them whatever Mountain Dew or whatever and you invest. It's not a bait and switch. What people don't want to feel is Friday morning of Good Friday and Easter coming, or Easter Sunday morning, you're going, hey, man, I haven't talked to you in six months. You want to come to church with me? No, they don't. We should be pouring into and investing and in fishing for these people right now. Right now. So then, we, do <laughs> for one, identify, write them down, pray for them, invest in them. How do we fish then? How do we fish? Here's your permission. What permission? We all want to know how, right? So I'm going to give you your how. Found in the Bible. It's 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23. And I'm going to close with this. Okay? What are the rules, Dusty, for fishing? Paul tells us this. Here we go. Verse 19. For though I am free from all men, I'm free. Jesus saved my life is what he's saying. He rescued me. He forgave my sins. He saved my life. I am free from all men. I have made myself a servant to everyone so that I may win more for Christ, so that I may do a little fishing. To the Jews, I became as a Jew, so I might win Jews to Christ. To men under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being under the law myself, so that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without the law, outside the law, I became as one without the law though I am not without the law of God, but under the law of Christ, so that I might win those who are without law. To the weak I became weak. I became all things to all men, so that I may by all means, he's got a big tackle box, is what he's saying. In any and every way, save some by leading them to faith in Jesus. You just lead them there. Jesus, conversation, right? Conversation. You lead them to faith in Jesus. And I do all this for the sake of the gospel so that I may share in its blessings along with you. If we only reach one type of fish, we miss the Great Commission. We miss out on what God's called us to do and who God's called us to be. We're called to go into all the world and make disciples. And so then... The call for us to reach all people means multicultural. Everybody say multicultural. This is a really hot word right now. Multicultural, hear me, doesn't mean multiracial. We get these two confused a lot. Okay? We're called to reach who we are here for. That's every tribe and every tongue. That's every color. Okay? The reality is, is... You can be in the same ethnic group and still be multicultural. I could gather 100 white people and have 100 different cultures. Does that make sense? Because culture is upbringing ideology, worldview, right? shared experiences, values, etc. So then, Fort Collins, much like much opposite of Detroit, is full of such a wide mix of people. It's a wide, wide mix of people. And so then, being multicultural is really great. We want to be multi-everything. We don't want to just be this one, well, they're a multicultural church. No, God sent his son Jesus to die for the human race. Period. And that trumps ideology, where you came from, how you grew up, Catholic, Protestant. That trumps all that. It all goes away with Jesus. When Jesus came and, the, and it says the veil was torn, there's a new law now. It's not, you don't have to be under the law. Jesus is the law. And he says, by my blood, when you confess my name, it's done. You hit the switch. That's just the beginning of the process of the journey, though. And so then, what I mean by the human race is educated, uneducated, rich, poor, homeless, hopeless, hopeful. Right? Those who listen to country music and love George Strait and those who listen to hip-hop and rap, Jesus loves those people too, okay? Those who are confused about who Jesus is and those who are confirmed in their faith. Those who are lost and those who are found. Here's your action step today. Don't pretend like you don't know how to fish. Please don't pretend like you don't know how to fish. God needs you to fish. If you don't fish, we don't reach the city. If you don't fish, we don't reach the community. Okay? I need you with me. It's us together. Everybody say amen? Amen. We're making room for people. I told our team this last week. I said, God is preparing something great here. And He's going to use each of you to do it. I just get to be the one who lights the match. I just get to be the one to go, hey, it's that way. Let's go. Let's go. Thank you so much for joining us today. It means more than you know to have you with us. And to all of you who partner with us and support the mission of our church, thank you. We cannot be the church without you. Go ahead and click the link in the description to partner with us now, or you can visit thegrovefc.com forward slash partner. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe. And if you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, share it with them. This is how the gospel goes forward. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.